Hey, what's up? I'm Shatora. And I'm Jamil. This is the Be Sweet Podcast. Where black people talk about at work. Ooh. What's up, everybody? I'm Shatora. I'm Jamil. And this is the Be Sweet. Hey. <laughs> what black people talk about at work. Yeah. Right? I'm excited. It's been uh it's it's been a lot of stuff to talk about this week. A whole lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. The world is crazy right now, you know, but you know, we got we gotta add our voices to it. How you been feeling? Uh I've been all right. I mean today today was just a day. I don't I don't know what it is, uh Satora, like um I don't know if it's the weather, uh-huh. you know, because it's still a little cold up here. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of over it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but yeah, today was just one of those days and I'm just like, eh, I'm kind of over it. Yeah. You know? But, you know, overall, I'm good, though. You know, it was a productive day today. You know, it was a productive day at work, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> um, and, you know, just uh, excited to be here um, with you today. I know. Yeah, it's, how, how, did, how was your day today? It was good. Um, it was really good. I think I'm just happy that the worst of winter is over. So, is it? so <laughs> I don't we, know. We live in Buffalo, New know, York. So is it really over? You never know. <laughs> you never know. Um, but I mean, I feel you at some point. It just it's just exhausting. You can't get over it. You know, it's crazy because I just got back from Philadelphia this past weekend, yeah. uh, you know, for a conference that I was putting together and um, it was it was beautiful down there. I mean, it was like 70 degrees. And it's you know, not people, that far. People were walking, right. You know, we're only six hours away <laughs> driving, you know, so people was down there with little shorts on and stuff outside. I'm just like, you know, you come back to Buffalo, you get pneumonia like that. You do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Not that person to wear shorts in 30 degree weather. No, but sometimes no. you see it up here. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> but people are crazy. That's why. People I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. People are crazy, you know, so. So it's been kind of a, a crazy week even here. Um, over the weekend, a young man was shot. And killed. How old was he? 13? 12. 12. 12 years old, yeah. Shot and killed in his living room yeah. by a stray bullet. Yeah, it was really sad. Uh, you know, I learned about the news when I was um, out of town, um, and it just broke my heart. Yeah. You know, um, it really broke my heart. And to hear his, uh, you know, the way his family um, just loves on him, they loved on the, the way they did, you know. Yeah. And, it, it was just really heart wrenching, you know, and it's just this sense, this senseless um, violence. It just, it just has to stop, man. Yeah, it just really has to stop, you know. But, um, you know, I, you know, continue to pray for him and his family, and I'm just hoping that you know whoever uh, is responsible for this is uh, is held accountable for it. Yeah, for sure. yeah. I I really hope so too. There's there was a large outcry in our community about it, and I think it really touched. A lot of people, um, it was just like he was in his living room doing yeah. the most innocent thing. I think he was watching TV. Or- yeah, what a 12-year-old does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, and, and, and I, I do feel encouraged about that, you know, because, um, you know, oftentimes some of these things just go overlooked. You mm-hmm. know, people just kind of sweep these things under the rug. But, you know, it gets to a point where people just feel like enough is enough. Enough is you enough. You know, and especially, you know, you talk about a, a young, innocent 12-year-old who had his whole life ahead of him. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, so I, I'm encouraged by um, the outpouring of support. 
um, that the community is providing um, this this family. And and again, I just hope that you know um, the individual that's responsible for this is um, is brought to justice. You know. Yes, I I know, and it it made me think of something else that happened recently. Yeah. And and how it all kind of comes together. Mm. I was thinking about Nipsey Hussle. Oof. Talk about it. Right? Talk about it. And I'm going to be honest. I didn't know who Nipsey Hussle was before he died. I'm, I'm sure I bopped to one of his jams at some point. I'm sure you probably did and probably you know? just didn't realize it was him. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And and then he died and there was, there was another outpouring mm-hmm. of support and... That rippled through a community. Yeah, and it still is. It still is. Yeah, absolutely. And and the crazy thing that I that I see about that is that, you know, it not only is it rippling through you know communities of color. I mean, it's it this thing is transcending across yeah. multiple communities. That's a good that's, yeah. That's a good way to describe it. It is transcending. Yeah, I mean, and 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 that goes to show you the impact. That this man was having, you know, in his respect. I mean, I know we're going to talk about that, but um, the impact that he was having and has had and the legacy that he's going to leave behind, you know, um, through through the work and and his commitment to to giving back and being, you know, being steadfast and being a pillar in his community. Yeah. And a pillar. And at the same time, controversial. Oh, absolutely. Right? It's fascinating, his story. And one of the things that made Nipsey Hussle popular and something that a lot of people talk about when it comes to hip hop, which I think changed a little bit uh, over the last decade, but it's about being authentic, Mm. being from the streets, Mm -hmm. you know, really having an experience that's like you came from nothing and you made something out of it. And that I think that's that's kind of Nipsey Hussle's story. Absolutely. And I don't he wasn't somebody who just got into hip hop and just completely came out of the game. Mm-hmm. No, he continued yeah. to live the life that he lived before he got into hip hop, mm-hmm. right? But it was different though. You know, it was different in a way where, you know, yeah, he stayed grounded, right. you know, right, um, right. with with his uh his street roots and such, right, right, you know, right. but uh but he was well respected in a way where he was actually trying to do more things to to kind of bridge that gap between you know, between folks in the streets, you know, cuz obviously he was a he was a crip you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, he was doing a lot of things, even kind of crossing those lines and doing things with bloods and such, you know. Okay. Um, so he he was that guy who was, you know, yeah, he lived that lifestyle, but he recognized like the, the ills of it, you know, yeah. and was trying to use his voice, his influence and his platform to make some real change. And he was really doing it, too. Yeah, he was really doing it. I mean, uh, there were stories that came out that, that said that right before he passed away, I think that next day he was scheduled to meet with uh, representatives from the police department in, in, in L.A. in his town. Um, members of the city council uh-huh. and just kind of talk about ways of bridging that gap between police and community relations. Right. You know, I mean, I think that's, that, that's, that's I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it right now because oftentimes you have people who, first of all, a lot of these rappers, they don't really live the lifestyles that they, you know. Right. That that's why about. I said it kind of changed, <laughs> no, you know. He you know. was authentic in every Yeah, he word, really was. You know, um, but at the same time, you know, you get a lot of these folks who, you know, they get to 
a certain um, status. They get a certain uh, amount of success or money or fame or whatever, and they just completely forget about where they came from. Right. But he was not that guy. He right. was still very much rooted in the community. Right. He still lived, he still in lived on the block. Yeah. He still he was buying up property and buying business, opening up businesses and, you know, co-work space and, and all types of things yeah. in that community. So he was very, very authentic. Right. So the fact that this, you know, that, that senseless murder had to happen to him. I mean, I think that's why that's why it, it, it resonated so much with with people just across racial and and ethnic or whatever lines because because of his authenticity. Right. Absolutely. And that's what makes this story so interesting because he has been highly criticized for what some people say is promoting gang violence. Mm-hmm. And some of his a lot of his lyrics talk about the life that he led before he got into hip hop and killing people and selling drugs and and so people say, well, his music was perpetuating a lifestyle that kept the community at a certain point, you know? I don't know, I don't so, know if I really necessarily agree with that, though, you know, because yeah. uh, a lot of times, and again, a lot, of these, a lot of these rappers that are out here, you know, they are not authentic in any sense, uh-huh. you know, but with somebody like him, it was almost as if like he 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 was a storyteller. You know, he uh-huh. was talking about things that actually happened in in his community. Right. You know, like he was almost like a mandated reporter. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. and but he just did it in a way where, you know, the message would resonate with people. Right. You know what I mean? So right. Um, right. so I don't I don't think it was necessarily him perpetuating violence because if 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 you listen to his music, it wasn't him saying like, oh I'm kill you, I'm shoot you in the head. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it it wasn't that. Right. I mean it, it was some elements of just like you know what happens in situations like that, but mm-hmm. it wasn't him promoting it. That's I think it's it's, right. it's a difference. No, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. I, I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at it from the academic perspective. You right. know, at at what some some of the the critics have said. Both of these deaths deeply affected their communities, and in some way, they're kind of connected. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they are. Um, it, it, it just it just hurts my heart just to sometimes even talk about this stuff because I, I came from that community. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I came from that community. I've, I've had people who were directly affected by gun violence. I have people, mm-hmm. you know, who were you know were serving prison sentences because of their their roles in the streets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, but I don't know. It just it gets to a point where. You know, you just get fed up. I, you know, I was talking to my wife the other night um, because I was just having a day on Monday. Monday was just one of those days, you know. <laughs> yeah, I saw and, you Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I was just like, it was just one of those days yeah. on Monday. And but when I got home, and you know, I'm starting to think about everything and just reflect on not only just my day, but just everything that was just going on in the mm-hmm. world right now. And I got really emotional. I got really mm-hmm. emotional thinking about that young man who um, who passed away. I didn't know him. Yeah, I had no idea. I grew up in that same area where he grew up. Yeah, you know, but I, I had no idea, you know, who he was or who his family is. You know, yeah. but it's still, I, you know, it's still it felt it felt like it affected me too. You know, because. I'm a product of that same community mm-hmm. where this young man was uh, was senselessly murdered. Right. You know, so, so yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I just hope that his death 
um, Nipsey Hussle's death is just not in vain. And then people, you know, really take it as a true wake up call, you know, that, you know, change is necessary. Change really has to happen. And I think, and again, this is why I feel encouraged because I'm starting to see more people kind of come forward and and saying, you know what, I have to do my part in Uh making change happen. Right. Whatever that looks like. If it's going the route that Nipsey Hussle went, where it's like, I have to be, I have to do more in my community. Uh You know, I have to invest more in my community. Right. Then, and and I love hearing those type of conversations because we don't do that. We don't do that in our community. (laughs) We don't. We could do better. We could absolutely do better. (laughs) So I have a question. Yeah. How do you, for for people who listened to Nipsey Hussle's music, but maybe weren't as up to date on um, his activism and uh, the the things that he did socially for his community, mm-hmm. but listened to his music and felt like it glamorized a certain lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, how does that affect the community? How do we kind of reconcile that? I mean, you you have to have just a level of discernment too, you know, when it comes to um, knowing how to separate the man from the music, right? You know, um, because I mean, he clearly was, you know, yeah, he rapped about certain things, you know, but the man was clearly just a pillar in his community, yeah. You know, so um, it's it's just you have to be mature enough to have uh, a, that level of discernment and not look at things on the surface. Mm-hmm. You know, because right. that's, that's oftentimes what people do. They look at things just on the surface, at the, on that surface level, and just like, and they, they can't get past just that. Right. You know, but if you can go past that and kind of see what this man really stood for, right. you would you you will probably be just as affected as a lot of people were right. um, by his passing. Right. And, and I think you have to have conversations like this mm-hmm. about it so that you can be able to separate the individual from their art. Right. And... What you said earlier was he wasn't glamorizing anything. He was a storyteller. Right. You know, I listen to I'll listen to Tupac and he's telling stories all day, every day. This mm. is this this was how he lived, you know, and that and that's why music like Tupac's is is evergreen. Yeah, absolutely. It's always gonna be good music it's because you listen music, to absolutely. it. Yeah, you you listen to the music to really to go to go somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, to really put life in perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between music that's just out there to to sell records mm-hmm. and an artist. Right. You know, right. and 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 oftentimes what happens is, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, these record companies, they get it. They, they, they get it wrong. Right. You know, they you know, they see what they think would sell. You know, they they see what would think would resonate with, um, you know, with the consumer. And that's the stuff that they try to perpetuate, you know. And and the thing is, oftentimes you have a lot of these, you know, these young artists who I'm telling you, I've been in these in these, these conversations. I've been in I'm part of these meetings when when I was trying to, you know, do the whole music business. Oh, thing. oh we got to talk about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. I mean, that, you know, I thought I was gonna be the next Russell Simmons out here. Oh talking. shoot, it's you know? not too late. Yeah, yeah, no, that that ship is sailed, you know. <laughs> but um, and they and they try to put up these guys as if, and making them to to be something that they aren't 
Right. Know? And and it's sad, you know, because I'm telling you, a lot of these guys out here talking about game. I'm like, these guys, have, <laughs> these guys are like, we're like straight A students in school. <laughs> right. <laughs> like real talk, you know. Right, right. So that's not the struggle. No, no, not it's not. You know, I mean, it's, it's real stuff that's happening out here. And we, when you have someone like a Tupac or Nipsey Hussle, who, you know, and, and it's crazy. By the way, who both are geniuses and probably would have straight A's. We don't know their grades. Tupac, but was, Tupac <laughs> was a like a, a model student. Right. Like he was right. he was right. super intelligent. Right. Right. You know, I don't know about I don't even know if Nipsey went to school or not, but right. you know, but right. but yeah, Tupac was was incredible. Right. You know, so super talented. You know, he just he kinda got caught up in that lifestyle. You know what I mean? Well, so one of the things I was thinking about was how Everybody, Nipsey Hussle resonated, especially with the black community, because he stayed true to who he was. Mm -hmm. And like you said, he was a storyteller. So his music evolved over time. And he showed he showed his evolution in his music, not through his material successes, but through his progress. Right. Just as a person. Right. Absolutely. You know? And and he was authentic. Mm-hmm. Like that that is that is something that is uh said over and over again whenever you look at any critic of Nipsey Hustle. He was authentic. So and you know, I think about this in my work I interface a lot with community members. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking to folks in the black community, there's one thing that matters to them, and that's being authentic. Yes, absolutely. Why is that so important to us? Because, I mean, we've dealt with for a very, very, very long time, you know, people uh, just all aspects of life where, you know, we were lied to. Yeah. We were deceived. Right. You know, and we see where that has led us. Yeah. You know, so it gets to a point where we want to have people stop selling us empty promises and, you know, selling us pipe dreams and such and, and just be real with us. You know, um, I think there has to be a level of self-accountability as well at the same time. Absolutely. You know? um, but at the same time. We, we have to make sure that, you know, people who are out here representing, representing us, you know, elected officials and such, people who are out here uh, uh, protecting and serving our communities, yeah. you know, they have to be authentic with us, you yeah. know, um, because if, if not, that's going to continue to cause the breakdown in, in that relationship between us as people in the community and the people who are or who are serving us. Yeah, so ta Coates talks about this in his book, Between You and Me. And it's it's like a it's a letter to his son. Mm-hmm. And it really it is it, it really captures a lot of what we're talking about because it talks about how especially black men live in this duality where you're just never safe. Yeah. So that's a fact. you go out into the world you know, and the world doesn't does not receive you mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. and you are afraid for your existence out in the world. But then you go back to your community, and you're fighting in your own community mm-hmm. to exist. And and so that's a sucky feeling. <laughs> Trust me when I tell you, like it, like I'm telling you, there there are times when I, I am like you know. As as honest as they come, you know, I don't I'm not out here getting in any trouble or anything like that. Right. But there's still times, I swear to God, Shatora, where I can just be driving down the street and I see a police officer, mm-hmm. you know, and my heart just drops to my to my stomach. Yeah. And I know I did absolutely nothing wrong. 
nothing wrong whatsoever. And and it still happens to this day. Yeah. You know, like and and that sucks. That's a sucky, that's a crappy feeling. It's a crappy feeling because at least you should be able to go home and feel safe. Right. And that, you know, I hope at some point we can change that. Where home is the safe place, mm-hmm. you know, and if we can't change what happens when we leave the neighborhood, how can we change what happens when we're within the neighborhood? Yeah, you know, it's it's difficult to exist this way and be a healthy, productive member of society. Mm-hmm. It's it hard, is. you know. You got to work. You're working. All the time mm-hmm. You're working because You are always trying to find ways To stay safe You're always You're you're always You evaluate life and your circumstances Just different than people Who don't have any of these issues Or fears mm-hmm. Or anxieties mm-hmm. You know And so That's why This conversation about Nipsey Hussle Is just It's so relevant To what happens in the black community and so at some point he contributed to that lack of safety Mm -hmm. that lack of safe feeling in your own neighborhood and then he got to the point where he was like okay I can't keep doing this I have to give back to my neighborhood Mm -hmm. but then that was his eventual demise, you know? And, and I don't know, I don't know exactly. I know about the gentleman, the, the alleged perpetrator Mm -hmm. who allegedly shot him. Mm -hmm. Um, but why he did it, I don't, I I don't really know all the details of that yet. If it did come out, I haven't researched that yet, but you know, he walked around his neighborhood. He was at the point where he would walk around his neighborhood with $50,000 worth of jewelry on and, and his team, his brother told him like, Nip, you got to stop doing that. You got to stop doing that. He didn't have any fear. And you know, that is, that is something that a lot of people don't ever get to. They don't get to the point where they don't have fear walking through their neighborhood. I think that speaks to how much he loved where he was from Mm -hmm. and how much he, you know, he was like, no, this is, I'm not going to be afraid of where I am. Mm -hmm. I'm going to embrace it. Right. That takes a a special character to have within you to do that. Mm -hmm. Especially when you don't live in the safest place. Right. Right. (laughs) He was a target. He had money, he had means, and there were people out there who didn't like him. I mean, but I think that also speaks to his, that authenticity that we were talking about. Um, Because he was so authentic, you know, there was a certain level of respect that, you know, that he commanded. Yeah. You know, where he, you know, he, in a way where he just felt safe in his, in his neighborhood. Yeah. You know, and I think that really speaks to also just him, what he was doing in terms of like that give back, you know, and making sure that his community was good because yeah, I mean, you can walk around and, you know, (laughs) floss all your, you know, your million dollar chains on your neck and things Mm -hmm. like that. But at the same time, like if you're doing nothing for your community, while you're, while you're doing that, that's a slap in the face. It is. It's a, it's a huge slap in the face, you know? So, so the fact that, you know, um, yeah, I can walk around with my, my chains on my neck, but I'm also opening up, you know, storefronts and, you know, affordable housing, um, real estate units and such, and, you know, opening up stores and opening up, you know, uh, you know, co-working spaces. And I'm, and I'm doing all these, all of these things, uh, just unselfishly for my community, you know? So, and, and I think that was the message that resonated more 
with um, with the people in his community. That's why he was able to feel safe in this community. It's his legacy. Absolutely. It's his legacy. And, and he was, he was bold. He was brave. Yeah. Um, he got out and he could have went to Beverly Hills. Absolutely. He could have went to Malibu. He could have went anywhere he wanted. That's what all these guys do. That's what everybody does. And, and he stayed. And so, you know, was he punished for staying? And that's a question that, uh, you know, people are asking. Should he have uh, went the—I saw. I think I saw a meme or something and said that should he have went the Jay-Z and Beyonce route where uh, he was just, just super quiet about all of the things that he was doing mm-hmm. but still being effective, you mm-hmm. know? Um, or sh- should he have been that guy who was just, like, unapologetic about— being there for his people, and that's it's kind of tough, you know. I can because I, I can see it from both perspectives, right. you know. Because as you stated earlier, when you when you are when you get to a certain level, a uh, certain level of success and such, especially in this urban uh, hip hop community and such, you do become a target. Yeah, you absolutely become a target. But um, but at the same time, I think his example of what he was doing in his community really inspired other people to want to do the same. I'm starting to see a lot of conversations right now. Uh, I, I, you know, I was looking at Instagram, um, I think it was yesterday or so, and people were talking about, um, you know, who's the Nipsey Hustle of Buffalo, you know? Oh, really? And, and they started, you know, rattling off all these names and stuff. who they say? Somebody, <laughs> they actually put me on there. Of I'm course, like, I'm I like, was like... <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm, I don't even want that title. You know what I'm saying? Um, I appreciate the fact that people um, see me as someone who uh, you know is passionate about uh, my people and my community and such. But you know, I th- that's too much pressure to be the Nipsey Hustle of Buffalo. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, but it's but it's great though because you know the fact that we're having those type of conversations now. I mean, I think that's going to inspire people to want to step up to do more. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, that. It's so powerful and it's a shame that people have to die for us to start having these conversations. But, you know, just going back to the thought about is it better to be quiet and kind of move in the shadows? And I think that there's a space and place for it all. Mm -hmm. I think... I think if you're if you're a Jay Z and a Beyonce, you've got a master plan. Yeah, you yeah. looking into the future, mm-hmm. and and you're maneuvering things for reasons that ninety nine percent of us can't really understand or mm. comprehend yet. Right, you right. know, but if you're a Nipsey Hustle. You're focused on your community and you're doing what your community needs in real time. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, listen. I'll be the next Nip- Nipsey Hustle of Buffalo, y'all. <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think I got the cred for that. But I think. Well, let me say this: I, yeah. I would love to have that type of impact. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I look at people like like a Nipsey Hustle, like a Magic Johnson. Yeah, you know, who's so deeply um, invested in urban communities and such. You yeah, know? I, and you know, these are like I, Magic Johnson, like for example, is one of my idols. You know, and shout out to him. I know he just left the Lakers, which was you know surprising to everybody. But <laughs> um, but anyways, um, and I just totally went off just now. But but no, it was. Um, you, you know, seeing people like that, you know, I, I aspire to be that as well. Right. You know, I, 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 what I admire most about his approach is in that Snipsy Hustles approach mm-hmm. is just his bravery. Yeah. 
you know being it, unapologetic about it being unapologetic about it mm-hmm. we I, we were looking at somebody's bio today and they mm-hmm. said one word that describes you and one word he described himself was unapologetic mm-hmm. and i like that because we apologize too much all the time yeah, our whole existence is an apology and i think it's it's beautiful to see how much black culture has just embraced itself mm-hmm. um we've always been on the cutting edge of culture. We've always we, been the we, culture. We are culture. <laughs> we are culture. Black culture is culture. Yeah. We yeah. drive culture. Yeah. And it's no getting around that. But now it's like being unapologetic about it. You will make makeup products mm-hmm. that are available for all skin tones. Yeah, you will make hair products that are that work for my hair. Mm-hmm. You know? So so that that is just a beautiful thing to to that we are starting to demand what we need um, and what we deserve. Their voice too. Yeah, people are really finding their voice um, with you know things that they want and things that they want for their communities, things that they want for their families and such. And and again, you know, it's you, we really have to be unapologetic in our approach because if we go around and keep apologizing for things. You know, I mean, we just we're going to constantly find ourselves on this on this this uh, perpetual hamster cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of running in place. Yeah. Not really moving ahead. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I I appreciate the fact that people are finding their voice right now and being just super unapologetic. I have a friend who um, I mean, you talk about being unapologetic. She's so raw. (laughs) I was was having a conversation with her earlier today and, you know, I was just like, you're just so raw, you know. Um, And, you know, I know how sometimes that can rub some people the wrong way, Mm -hmm. you know, but at the same time, that's that's her authentic self, Mm -hmm. you know, and it it works for her, you know. So, you know, I I appreciate that about her. I'm honestly, I'm still I'm I'm still (laughs) trying to find that way about myself right now. I think I. I like the word raw because to me, raw also means vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. And and people see, I think sometimes people think of raw and they like they think it means defensive. Or, mm-hmm. But no, I think there is so much power in vulnerability mm-hmm. because it's just who you are. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and and so it, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that might be what you mean where you're, when you're saying you're trying to find that within yourself. Like, how can I just be who I am without feeling like I need to, you know, s- sugarcoat it? That's what black people talk about at work, y'all. <laughs> that's what we talk about at work. That's you know? what we I talk mean, about at work. Because that's, that's a fact. You know, how can we, you know, um, we as young uh, people of color you know, begin to find our voice in a way where we are, we are raw, um, we are unapologetic, and there, there won't be any consequences from us being who we are. And that's tough. It's tough. Um, we need more black people in positions of power. Yes, we Where do. you work, you know, you can, you can change the culture by informing your coworkers how a a, per, a person's actions isn't an assault on their existence, right. you know, m- maybe she just don't like to smile all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's okay. Mm-hmm. You're the one who's uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> she, you know, that's just an example of yeah. how you could just be going about your day minding your business and other people perceive it differently. Yeah. So now this is why we wanted to have these conversations because we want to be in a space where it's okay to disagree. Mm-hmm. 
Right. It's okay to disagree, but let's do it intelligently, mm-hmm. you know, and open up each other's minds to what the possibilities are on the other side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the the conversation about Nipsey Hussle and, and the perspective that he brings to the world is a perspective that needs to be told. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I hope that, you know, us lending our voices to it will inspire other people to start, you know, doing the same. Yeah. Because we need to have more conversations like this. And, and honestly, I would love to even have, you know, just to get other perspectives on things as well. You know, let's bring some folks on the podcast who's (laughs) going to have a different perspective than ours, you know, because, you know, like you said, I think it, it would just open, open us up. You know, I think that dialogue would, you know, start to, Help us increase the understanding of one another. Yeah, you know. Um, so um, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm encouraged by, you know, the, the fact that you know now that we actually have the opportunity, we have a platform to really lend our voices to, 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 to things. You know. Yeah, the, um, I think this was dope, and you know, our hearts go out to the young man out of respect for him and his family. We're not going to say his name on the podcast, but to the young man who died this weekend in Buffalo and our hearts go out to Nipsey Hussle and his family. And, you know, if you're going to listen to music, do so responsibly Mm -hmm. and intelligently and make sure that you know the full story before you assume one thing or another about the artist behind the music. And learn to read between the lines too. Yeah. You know, you have to, you know, don't get caught up at the at the surface level stuff, you know, yeah. because sometimes that stuff could be so raw that it just turns people off. But just you got to be you got to have an open mind to really listen to what these people are saying because oftentimes, you know, it's like it's like a cry for help sometimes. Some yeah. It's like a cry a lot for of help times. sometimes. Yeah. And it's just like sometimes people don't know how to express that other than being raw yeah you know? and it's those are like, the best artists ab- absolutely <laughs> yeah. absolutely so you know I, I just encourage people you know to uh you know continue to pray for nipsey his his family and everyone who is affected by you know senseless um violence in in our communities and such um but also too, you know, and you know, obviously, I'm not getting paid or anything by by the Nipsey camp. But uh, <laughs> get that Victory Lap album, you know, uh, yeah. it really it's a dope album. Yeah, it's a dope. And you know, the crazy thing is, Nipsey has been out for uh, he was making music. I think he started a little over ten years ago. Mm-hmm. This album it just it came out last year. This was actually his first album. It was wow. his first one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because he, he released a lot of mixtapes and stuff before, but this was his first album. And for his first piece of work, I mean, it was Grammy nominated. I mean, it was clearly one of the best albums of the year. Yeah. You know, um, it just really speaks to like the the passion that he put into into his music. And if you listen to it, I'm telling you, I can work out to it. I feel inspired when I'm listening to it, you mm-hmm. know. You know, so yeah, shout out to Nip, um, his whole family, his his uh his kids, his girl, Lauren London, everybody, and, and, and again, anybody who's who's had someone who's been affected by, you know, gun violence or anything, um, you know, we continue to uplift you guys as well. Yeah, speak out against it um, and just be responsible in how you interact with your community because how how we interact with each other, how we talk to each other, how we love each other mm. is really going to make a difference in healing us. But that's a, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to I want to thank you, Jamil. I know you 
you've you are tired today. You've you've had a long week. Yeah. So I hope you leave a little bit more refreshed tonight. Listen, I know was, I do. This, I I needed this tonight. I, I really did need this. You know, I needed to you know get some things off my chest. You know, uh, again, I think part of what's been affecting me this week was you know all of this stuff the stuff that's been happening um and sometimes you just need a release sometimes you just need to talk about this stuff yeah you know so so i you know and i'm just excited you know that we're going to be able to again (laughs) add our voices our unapologetic voices to (laughs) uh to a whole bevy of issues you know um and i couldn't i couldn't ask for a better podcast partner you know uh, that's right (laughs) (laughs) but no like you're dope you know um and we just i think we're going to have some really really good conversations and I think it's really gonna our, our message and our voices is, are gonna resonate with with a lot of people I, I really think that yeah yeah two authentic voices yeah maybe HBO can give us a special <laughs> we started you know off we started off Listen, big go for the gusto man we started off Listen, big I, we started know, off big you go big or go, go home that's it <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all the black podcasters Absolutely. with shows on HBO right Absolutely. Now. And make sure y'all follow us on all of the platforms. Uh, we're going to be on all the major streaming platforms. Uh, you can follow us on social media uh, when our social media will be created at some point. <laughs> but it will be. Yeah, I got to start... Taking pictures and stuff, yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, yeah, we, we, you know, we're, we're gonna get all of that together. You know, yeah. this is the first one. You yeah. know, so uh, it's this is this is gonna this is gonna. I think this is really gonna take off. Yeah, y'all I'm gonna excited. like what we doing. We doing some good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So shout out to Jamil. No, shout out to Satora. You know, <laughs> thank you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, this is the B Suite Podcast, and we'll be checking in with you guys again soon. Peace. Later.